Ciao. Ciao. Hey, don't hang up. This is Giallo Ciao Ciao, the all Giallo show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Ciao, ciao, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of Jallo Chow Chow, the all Jallo show, with your jolly hosts, Creep, Chris, and Eric. Everyone say hello at the same time. Ciao, ciao, Bella. Sorry. (laughs) Now, if we seem really exhausted, it's because we recorded this episode and the last episode on the same day because we care about you the listener and because it's april 6th right now yeah and we were just we were just too damn busy the rest of the month Mm -hmm. (laughs) filing our taxes yeah actually i have to do my sister's taxes tomorrow (laughs) and that's not going to be fun at all no yeah but, but you uh, have uh, a week and two days to get it done, right? Yeah, I did my taxes in January, like a normal person. But normal. then I forgot I forgot to send in my state taxes, so I have to do that tomorrow. Because I'm a douche. And you have that I have a tendency... Week. Yeah, I have a tendency to think that the people who owe wait till the last minute. Yeah, probably. People want that refund. But the quickly. people who could write everything off, yeah, they do it right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, good times that means chris owes money people no it actually doesn't okay uh, um... creep is writing off his his computer his pens his probably his beard trimmer for some reason hbo now subscription oh yeah that's research yeah yeah there you go netflix hulu wwe network all right now you're now I, no, now I think I've, Uncle I've Sam needs to come on, down hard on you. I've been working on a wrestling story for years. Oh. Years, my friends. <sighs> see. But then I gotta look the part. So, like, any food I eat or tattoos or anything like that, I write off because that goes into the look. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, okay. My appearance and style. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. All the J&B scotch I could drink. You're drinking it right now. Written off. Starbucks, written off. 
pizza written off. <laughs> strippers written off. All right. So, yeah, that's taxes 101. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> Intro to taxes. It's just like a piece of college ruled notebook paper, and you just write down line items of everything you want written off and send it over. Yeah. Shockingly, they don't like that. Oh. Um, it seems like the more stuff I write off, the more they get upset with me. Yeah. So, and when I say they, I mean them. So, now that we know what that means. Yeah. The giant ants. Yeah. The people you see when you put on your sunglasses. I did just watch Empire of the Ants the other night, and Joan Collins looked amazing. (laughs) And I followed it with Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner. His butt was giant in his cowboy pants. I'm just going to say it now. Was this around the time he was uh, trying to... It was 1975, so I believe that was pre-T.J. Hooker, I think. Mm. But but I'm thinking uh, about the, the language he made up. What language? Wasn't that him, or was that someone else? With the Klingon language? <laughs> no, I swear William Shatner tried to create his own language back in the oh, 70s. Sure he did. Esperanto, I think it was called. Maybe that was like just for a, one of his books, or I think that, he was just in a movie called that, and and they had their own language, and and uh, I don't know. Okay, what's the name of this amazing film that I'm going to look up on YouTube as soon as we're done? It's called yes, it is called Esperanto, otherwise known as Incubus. Oh, oh, this is getting played like nobody's business. <clears throat> <laughs> I like watching William Shatner act. Well, you will love this. It's full of dramatic pauses. Made by the guy who did The Outer Limits. Oh my god. Should we just shut off the podcast now and, and go watch Esperanto together? I think we should watch Esperanto together. All right. And and continue to record the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would that be any different? But yeah. on a completely different note, speaking of HBO Go, or HBO Now, because that was something I brought up minutes prior to this moment... Is that what you have, Creep? Do you have HBO now? I just got it. Oh, that's cool. I just started watching Game of Thrones for the first time. Nice. So I am now one of you. Maybe You're not one of me. I haven't. I haven't watched it. I, I mean, one of you, the listeners. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Apparently, none none of the three of us had ever seen it before, <laughs> and I thought I was the last person on earth nope. who hadn't seen nope. it. I watched the first episode twice, and I liked it both times, and I just. You know, something just distracted me. Yeah, that's some, the same in some thing other direction, and that was it. And then I decided that I wanted to read the books, and of course, that never happened. So yeah, I wanted to. I, I mean, I watched the first two episodes when they were new, and I just fucking forgot. Like I moved, and my DVR got all fucked up, and it was just that was the end of it. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that HBO now does well because as soon as that is a proven model. Like AMC, ABC, right? Uh, Showtime, they'll all start doing it, and that's what I want because I don't like being a slave to the cable company. So, can I ask a question? So, is it like a is it like a live channel as well as all of the on demand no. stuff? It's all on demand, as far it's as just I can the tell. But it's like TV shows, movies, uh, right? The specials and stuff like that, and the the so, way it's set up is actually quite pleasing. I don't right. know what HBO Go looked like. Um, 
I do dislike how you have to get out of a page to be able to see the next episode or let the episode run through the entire credits. Yeah, Netflix has got it down, man. Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, you know, I mean, even, I mean, YouTube to an extent could even pull that off. Netflix uh, is, they've figured it out. I yeah. think those guys are just on the top. But yeah, and you know, um, so the difference, I guess, between HBO Go and HBO Now is in order to use Go, you have to subscribe to the channel or have the password from somebody else through a cable who subscribes to the channel yeah. through the cable company. And with Now, you just subscribe directly to HBO. Yeah, it's like right. Netflix or the WWE network. See, I'm pissed off because I was told when HBO now hits, it was going to be 9.99 and it's not. No. It's 1.499. Right. So, that That's a little that's a little much, I think for one channel. It is, but there's a ton of shit on it. But the thing that I don't like is that it was saying like at the end of um, at the bottom of the page of Game of Thrones, it's like available through January 2016. Mm. <clears throat> so if I'm getting this thing and that content won't always be on there, that bothers me. Yeah, it's And not they like... don't have enough content to like keep it fresh. Yeah. I don't get that because that's not, it's like Netflix to an extent you understand that they can't hold licenses forever, but when it's their exactly. own content, what are they doing? So, I mean, this is definitely going to be something that I'll probably have for a while and then not have until they put something else on it. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to binge the Sopranos again as soon as I'm done. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, if there's a, there really is a ton of stuff to watch on HBO. The Go. other thing too is they have extras for everything. So every episode has like bonus features and shit. Right. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. It's just, you know, and you, you kind of almost never run out of good shows to watch, like True Detective is a great show yep. and that's got a new season starting up in a couple months but sex like the wire oz sex in the city <laughs> big love um curb your enthusiasm uh there's a ton of stuff on there that i'm really excited to go back through real sex i've done that before twice <laughs> what was it what's the, what's the other one the cat house show is that yeah. On there? yeah that's a good show I'm just trying to think of HBO when it like was still cool to watch as a uh, young teenager. Oh, as a fappity fat fat. Yep, with your <laughs> friends just sitting around. Yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah. Didn't all of us do it like that? Yep. All right. Not to scare any parents out there. Too late. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys saw this picture of my dog, but it's terrifying. Did you guys see it on Facebook? Uh, I did not. Was it on the she's Jello like, group? No, it was just on <laughs> Facebook. She's growling, and her teeth, her front teeth are out, and they're really big, and it looks like we put like fake teeth in her mouth. Oh, nice. She's just really scary looking. She has her moments where she's just terrifying, but she like weighs like four pounds, so she's not that scary. But... It was a terrifying photo. I just thought I would bring it up. Did she look like oh. Sybil Danning? In her dreams. <laughs> My dog's dreams. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So, yeah. Um, the night Red Queen came out of the Evelyn. 
There you go. I completely fucked that up. Red Queen kill seven times. Yeah. That's what we're doing tonight, right, guys? It is. It was voted upon on our Facebook poll, so we are doing it. Yeah. Though it sounds like you kind of mashed up both of this director's films. I did. And I mashed them up when I watched them, too. Okay. Did you know that if you watch them at the same time on two screens, the exact same stuff happens at the exact same time? <laughs> do you have to put on Dark Side of the Moon first? You do, and then you see oh. a guy hanging himself in the background. <laughs> Dorothy said no to him. <laughs> One of the munchkins. Yeah, there's that too. With the red cape. Yeah. No, we are we now, are doing his second of two Gialli films that I believe he did. Emilio Miraglia. I'm not sure if he did any others, but Red Queen Kills Seven Times from 1972. Let me tell you. There's enough boots in these movies to make you damp. Right. Want to knock them. Yeah. Knock some Let's boots. That's just the tease, right? We're going to get the, yeah. the trailer in here? Yeah, here's the trailer. Oh, guess what? There's nothing on it except music. Okay, let's talk about the show now. Right. There you go. <laughs> we could play the one from, last, uh, from the last recording where both Eric and I whispered at the end of the trailer. That was Unless, scary. I totally thought that was on the trailer. I'm like, wow, that's the weirdest thing ever. And then you guys start <laughs> laughing and shit. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> we gotcha. Um, so do you want to um, glory hole us with the synopsis of this sure. thingy? Well, uh, you guys gave me the, the pleasure of getting to read the synopsis this time because I wanted to show off to everyone that I did finally pick up So Deadly, So Perverse and this is a mammoth of Hooray. Hello? Yeah. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I said hooray. You are a filthy and impotent man. Yes. Anyway. As children, Kitty and her sister Evelyn are told of a family legend. The Red Queen and the Black Queen were sisters who feuded until the Red Queen finally got her revenge and killed her sister. From that moment on, every 100 years, the Red Queen returns from the grave and kills six innocent people before killing the reincarnation of the Black Queen. As adults, the legend comes back to haunt them when their grandfather, Tobias, succumbs to a heart attack, and they find themselves in line to inherit his fortune. Could the Red Queen be back for revenge, or is it just a ploy to gain control of the estate? Mm-hmm. Wow! Took me a little that while to find it. It's really good. Back of the yeah. So that was awesome. Yeah, that's that's the uh, synopsis in a nutshell. Though it, I don't know if you guys would agree. It, it's it has a little more happen in the film than just than just that. <clears throat> well, the thing I don't understand, um, and maybe this isn't the right time for it, but um. I watched that alternate opening, and what it was was like a countdown. Mm. Yes. And it's like I, I every, see that. every two years it says April 6th, blah, 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 blah. And then it's two years later, two years later. And I don't understand that because in the dub, it's it was 100 year increments, right? Yes. In the subtitles, was it 100 years as well? Yes. Okay, then what the fuck was that for? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Maybe that's why they never put that intro on. <laughs> because the guy <laughs> made it up. Shit, I, I screwed up. Uh, 
Let's just cut this. I told you to make it every hundred, not every two. Oh, oh sorry. Man. Well, we don't have budget to redo it, so forget it. No. You know how two sounds like a hundred? Right. Oh. It's close. Yeah, it's definitely close. Um, but <clears throat> uh, just, just to kick things off here a little bit, this is a little different of a film. Uh, it's It was filmed in Germany. Uh, it takes place, I believe, in Germany. It's got this Germanic Baroque setting with the castle, uh, some lush forestry, and uh, uh, I guess it's just it's a little bit different than what you... I mean, we're going back to a different country. We're not in Italy, but I still felt like this film had nice pops of color throughout it. Uh, it of course, had the Bruno Nicolai uh, score to help it out a little bit. Uh, the women were were beautiful in this one, so I, I don't know if if this is something that uh, if I throw it to creep to talk a little bit about the setting, what, what do you thought of this one? I would love to converse with you about the setting of this film, sirs. Um, well, first off, um, in the, um, what do you call it? The bonus features on that no shame box set. Um, one of the things the production designer said, um, you know what? We'll, halt on that. I just got excited about it and wanted to talk about it. Um, this movie is one of those, for me, very strange, because you do have that um, hammer horror uh, slash uh, early Bava <clears throat> kind of like medieval horror tortury looking stuff. But then you immediately go into the stuff that I really get all goo-goo-eyed over, which is all the like high fashion and fancy Italian awesomeness or whatever. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and I thought this movie did a really good job of going back and forth between that. Okay. Because seriously, when I first saw that, I really think they should have just cut that whole scene with the little kids out. It was awful. Like, oh, yeah, with the, the grandfather. The grandfather damn it, you kids. was, like, ready to have a heart attack because kids <laughs> ran. And the maid, the, the little girl's, like, screaming, help me, help me. And the little maid's just, like, walking by. Like, doesn't even fucking look in her direction. <laughs> I've paid enough for that. Yeah, and then, like, <clears throat> we're going real hardcore spoiler here. And this is one of those movies that you don't want to have the spoilers for. So right. if you don't want to know what's going to happen... Stop listening and go watch the movie real quick and come back. But, like, as soon as the movie starts and the grandfather's like, oh, yeah, you know, you sisters. I'm like, that girl's Asian. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, Dark it hair, was, like, blonde so, hair. so, like, completely different looking. Like, it wasn't even, like, I don't know. And then he just happens to have a knife, like, an inch or two off the ground for the little girl to go stab happy on a doll (laughs) that whole thing was just weird like that whole scene and then the best bit i don't know if you guys caught this when they're doing the credit sequence and this part was actually kind of neat and like they would play and then the little girl would like rough the other one up she pushes her off the swing and then they do one of those like bava like quick zooms up in their face and it shows the little blonde girl like all sad sitting there the swing comes and hits her in the back of the head and she's like uh but like had to hold her face because it was like a longer shot. <laughs> <laughs> so not so choreographed. Just, 
<laughs> yeah, so she got hit with the fucking swing and then tried to play it off. And I, I don't know how many times they had to do it, but good job, little girl. Yeah. You, you held it together. But the, I was, like, cracking up on that. Um, but I just, I feel like that took me out. If the movie would have just started from where it starts in the present day, I would have been a lot more into it. Because the story unfolds. You hear everything that they're talking about. Yeah, right. You know, like, from that moment. So just that bit, I wasn't that impressed with. And it is a little confusing because they have, you know, the two sisters playing in the beginning. <clears throat> and then, I don't know how many years it is later, 15, 20 years later, then she's talking to who we are, we understand it's her sister, Francesca. Though it's a different sister that wasn't in the beginning, and yeah. you're like wondering where her black hair went, where her I guess you you Oriental maybe look face had changed a little bit, and I don't know. It just I was really confused yeah. right there at the at the, at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, right? And then like that guy that looks like Franco Nero's creepy uncle, <laughs> yeah. Like Bernard. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, what's he doing yeah. there? Like. So even though, like, they give you this, like, little opening to help you understand what's going to happen in the movie, you still have no fucking idea who the hell anybody is or what the fuck's happening. And then you have Mike Brady is, like, the hero of the movie, and he is awkward. In fact, um, he is a lot like the hero, I think, in um, Strip Me For Your Killer. And... It's very curious that in The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, which was a couple years before this, the hero in that movie is also very fucking unlikable. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like, both of the... Like, Chris, in your opinion, is the guy in this movie, the amateur detective? Yeah. Yeah, I I think... I I considered him the amateur detective, and I hate him. He's, he's like, <laughs> he's one of the worst protagonists ever, and I, Pretty I don't know specifically what it is about him. It, he's he's just got a look that looks just like doesn't... Mike Brady when Mike Brady grows up. Yeah, it's scary. It, and just his his fashion choices, and I think what put it over the top for me was the scene where he's got that robe on that only comes like right below his junk. Oh, I love it. And he's sitting on the couch with his legs crossed with that girl, and or or the one part where he, I guess he had his his hands in his pockets and he's resting his lower back against the wall. He just was. He, I mean, he's so effeminate. And you know, the point that I think I make in the Jalo score review is that you know he's supposed to be not only the amateur detective, but he's also supposed to be this fashion world mogul that all the girls are trying to get with and he's dapper and he's stylish and he's suave and he's none of those things yeah and i didn't i, I didn't think that his outfits were i mean there, there was I, I don't know creep did you like any of the suits and stuff that he wore like were they i cool? thought his suits were a little over the top they all looked like weird curtains yeah, you know, but the other thing just fashion wise, like this movie is such a fucking time capsule because there are so many fucking vertical lines in this movie. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Except and the it's the Mrs. Ward apartment. 
<laughs> yeah, it's the same with that. And it's just really weird because, like, I I thought they were trying to do, like, some red herring shit. Because you see Evelyn's actual death. And she's wearing, like, a striped shirt. And then the next scene, they're at this, um, like, meeting with everybody who works at the company or whatever. Or, or no, it's just the photo shoot. I don't know. It's one of those scenes. But one of the girls is wearing, like, almost an identical striped shirt. And I'm like, oh, that's like a really neat little red herring thing. I wonder what this is about kind of thing. And then I'm like, wait a second. Every fucking other person in this movie is wearing fucking a striped shirt like that. Right. And so that was, um, I'm not a huge fan of vertical lines. And it's not because I'm a large man. I just don't find them very attractive. Unless the girl wearing them is extremely busty. Oh, okay. Because when you're as flat as a board, it just makes you still look flat. There's a lesson for you, ladies. Nice. Yeah. And I also didn't like Francesca's blue nurse outfit that she had on for half the fucking movie. Where she looked like a weird mad scientist from, like, a ghetto porn. Like, but there were, like, two very impressive nightgowns. In oh. The, the first one was Francesca's. Fuck, yeah, which, the black one. Yeah, it had some kind of crazy, like half cut out on either side thing but it was still connected that's the one she wears and in then, front of her grandpa yeah 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 uh, <laughs> and then the other one was the one that kitty wore yeah. when she had her hair like all pulled back um, for it. i think that was, was that the rape scene i think that was the rape scene which the rape scene just was so out of place right i mean did it did it add anything like that whole like, no, and it actually, I forgot about it until you guys brought it up right now. So it that actually was the, did nothing for the story. And that was the dude from from the the movie that we just uh, got finished doing. He was the um, the creepy milky white guy. Yep. And then the and then again, in when we were talking about him in Death Walks on High Heels, he was the ins- assistant to the inspector. Yeah. So we've had him like. You know, he's starting to get George Rajard uh, status oh, yeah. on our on our cast here. Um, as far as um, I, it, I'm watching it in the background, just pulled up, but um, I wanted to bring it up. Um, the I guess it's the doctor's house. Like when he pulls up, it has this weird like <clears throat> like um, like a weird like gate he has to open. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Which doctor? Oh, not the doctor. I'm sorry. The um, Greg Brady. Uh, oh. What's his fucking name? Ma. Yeah. <clears throat> He's got that weird, like, it looks like a... It looks like the fence from Four Flies, I thought. Does it not? Yeah. It looks like a whole bunch of, like, spikes sticking up. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. And, like, just, like, the answering machine is awesome looking. Like, there's just so many little things and when they're at the agency it's like they went lamp shopping to the last like five movies we've watched yeah oh yeah stole all their lamps and brought them over but um if you like vertical lines and you like stuff like that then you will love this (laughs) if you don't like vertical lines it might be hard to watch well i'm glad to hear you say that because I was worried that maybe some people might think that this film, uh, yourself included, had like an identity crisis between the, <clears throat> the Bava-esque uh, gothic atmosphere and then the, the high fashion institute. Um, right. With like, the, <laughs> I, I just, 
I, I'm kind of like you where I like both settings and to see it both in one movie was just a lot of fun and you know they'd, they'd go down into the tomb to make sure that Evelyn was still there and there were cobwebs and even uh, real cheap <laughs> bats flying around and like a oh Vincent Price God. movie and uh, it's just a lot of I think it was a lot of fun um, the setting wise uh, the, the acting and the, the characters themselves I mean yeah Martin he doesn't do himself too many favors from the beginning when he's basically cheating on his poor wife who's in the psychiatric institute yeah and then just just everything else that he does afterwards like chris was mentioning just uh doesn't do him any favors and then i mean you've got a lot of of female characters in the film a lot that could maybe even stand out as uh being strong protagonist characters but they all just kind of come off as uh, a little bit empty uh vacant and just hard to root for even even kitty was a little bit, you know, just, she always seemed like she was in despair, sad, and we mentioned that rape scene, and I don't know if that was to get even more sympathy for her, because she's kind of cowering on the ground afterwards, naked and crying, and then the next thing we see is, it just totally takes a, a 180 from there, and, and this guy is like doing some, wasn't he doing like a act of something good to like help the characters or something? I could I feel like it was oh, a bit... the right there, and he's like, "Wait, I got to tell you something." And she's like, "Beat it!" Yeah, he's like, like trying to help her out, and it's like it just—you have a hard time identifying these characters throughout the film. Well, she also has—I'm—I uh, I don't think she's a very good photographer. I'm just going to come out and say it. Right. Um, <laughs> like the only direction she gives is this weird hand turn that means spin around, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sit up straight. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so funny. Did you guys notice that, I think it was maybe Rosemary, was that one of the characters' yeah. names? Did you notice that, like, at one point, they totally changed her hair completely, and to the point where I had to look at her twice to remember who she was? And yeah. Towards the, end, towards the end, she had straight, jet straight hair, but for the rest of the film, she had always had this curly do. Not curly, but it was like... Like wavy. It was big. It had a lot of volume to it, you know. Yeah. I hate when they do that because it's like I'm I'm trying to keep all these people straight, and there's tons of suspects in this film. There's yeah. tons of characters. Um, but I guess my other question is like, you know, you guys were mentioning um, that you it was enjoyable to have both the kind of um, the, basically. I, but let me just have say, I I don't want to say enjoyable. I will say. For a Jalo movie to have that kind of location, it didn't really bother me because of how intercut it was with the stuff that I like. There, there's right. other movies that do it that do it really bad, and this one was okay. I liked it. I guess I liked it, yeah. So, so I mean, you basically have like your Hammer, Gothic, you know, early Baba kind of uh, feel, and then you have. Um, you know the the uh, whoever directed um, Case of the Bloody Iris, and um, you have that, and you and you have a strip nude for your killer. It's got that going on for it too. And I guess the question I have is, does it seem like um, it? You know, both of those moods are taken away from a little bit when they're trying to combine the two at the same time, or did you feel like they were? It was easy for them to jump back and forth and still maintain a certain level of mood. I was like, pleasantly it was surprised. Still effective. Yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised uh, at how 
I thought well constructed it was going back and forth between the two. You know, it didn't matter if they were down in the tombs, uh, looking for, looking at this dead corpse, or if they were, you know, flying around the city streets and in their I don't know. You talk about Rosemary in that kind of trippy plaid checkered suit that she wore, and just the, the crazy outfits we got to see, and uh, the the fun uh, when they were trying to. I don't know what that what that technology was called, identikit or something like that. That kaleidoscope shit. Uh huh. Yeah, do, try, yeah, that's how they were doing the identifying the killer. It's just so it was kind of like that was kind of futuristic in, for its time, I guess, in 1972. Uh, I I never had trouble juggling back and forth between those two. I think what my problem is with it is that I watched um, Evelyn right after it. Oh, okay. And, um, and the night Evelyn came out of the grave, I think they do a way worse job of juggling the locations. Because in that one, you're in this like big giant castle, but then it has a bunch of like mid-century modern furniture in it, and mm. it just looks weird. Um, but with this movie, it they did it a little bit better, I think, on that part. But the cop in this movie <clears throat> is fucking awful. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, <laughs> he looks just like him. You're right. You're totally right, Eric. He looks like Freddie Mercury's head on Randy Orton's body. Yeah, I'm trying to catch up to Creep and all his uh, his references. <laughs> but like, he's, I mean, he, yeah, he's like super long legged and long armed, and kind of weird. But it's just like he'll be all over somebody as a suspect, and they're like, oh, okay, I guess you're okay. I guess you're good. Yeah. Just don't leave town. I'm going to not do my job over here. This goofy tie, that's way too short. And I know we say that about a lot of the cops, too. But this guy just comes off worse to me. I think it's because he's a fucking dick and still not doing his job. And he doesn't. he never really talks to anyone else on the police force. So we never get to see any other side of him. Yeah. You know, it's just like he's a fucking asshole. But of course, he's there to save the day in the end, taking credit for it, I'm sure. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> um, there are... I, I mean, I don't want to get too much into The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, but there are so many fucking similarities yeah. between these two movies. And, I mean, even, like, how he shoots the when the killer's spying on people, like an eyeball through a bush kind of thing. And the camera moving in through the bushes. Um, there, there's so many. And then there's the whole Evelyn part of it, too. Right. You know? right. Using, yeah. Yeah. And he had a lot uh, of the same actors, didn't he? I haven't seen it, but... Um, the, the chick with the knockers that went into Grandpa's room, uh-huh. Francesca, um, she's like the lead in it. Okay. Like the lead girl. And she changes her hair. I mean, in that movie, there's this ridiculous scene where she puts on like this little Bo Peep dress and does her hair ridiculously to go out in the middle of the night and um, sneak into a mausoleum so no one would see her. And it's just like the most ridiculous shit ever. But um, she's all about side boob and bottom boob. So she Mm. can do whatever the fuck she wants, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are my two weaknesses. Yep. <laughs> Side boob and bottom boob. Mm-hmm. Top cleavage is so overrated. It is. It's overdone. 
<laughs> what did you guys think of his fucking bonkers ass wife? She was a red flag for sure, red herring. Um, a little too obvious, but it was kind of she. I don't know. I liked her performance. It was kind of fun and kooky, and you had to get a an insane person in one of these movies. And like when she. Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, this movie's really good at making every single person a suspect. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you go through everyone being a suspect. Then you think, oh, shit, is it fucking Kitty? Like, everybody you think did this. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. There was even kind of a fun little uh, false finish, false ending. I guess not ending, but, like, Halfway through the film, when uh, Lulu is getting together with Martin, and of course he succumbs to her, even though he's he says he wouldn't um, because he's a skeezy man. But she says something about how she spins this kind of familiar yarn that we would typically see at the end of a Jalo film, where he'll kill one person while she's somewhere so that they don't think it's her, but then he'll be around when the next killing happens because she did it. And she's like, she's coming up with this great story. And I'm like, wow, this could have been the ending of the movie. And it probably would have made sense as, well, not made yeah. sense, but it would have been right. typical of these kind of films. So yep. she puts herself in the running as a, as a red herring. And it's just, somehow I, d- I didn't lose track of them though in this one. Rosemary was a little tricky to keep track of, like I guess Chris said. But other than that, it was pretty simple. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. I I think for the most part, I think the problem I have with the movie is that it seems to just and, and again, you know, it I don't know enough about um you know, these short productions ribs. short ribs. I, I don't know enough about these productions and how many people, you know, basically were involved in this one and then the next one and then the next one. Like this whole giallo movement coming out of Italy at this particular time, you know, there's probably a lot of writers that were just involved in all of these films and and set designers and so on and so forth. But every time I watch this, I feel like I'm watching, you know, a jigsaw puzzle of all these other films just kind of slapped together. Um, the story is pretty solid, and I think that's what makes the film, um, like the way they execute the plot, and the way they bring all of the elements together um, with the with the Red Queen, and you know, you, you're watching it, you're going, well, that's that's definitely her. That's the black-haired girl, like when she's when she's dragging the junkie down the street in the car. So cool. she's lo- she's looking out the window. You're like, okay, that's her. Yeah. And then you know, they finally really show you, like, oh, okay, she was wearing a mask, and um, and and so on, but. I just feel like, you know, there's the Bava thing, there's the fashion model thing. I feel like the the little um, subplot with the woman in the um, in the mental institution was done already. I thought maybe that was done in in, um, Seven Seven Bloodstained Orchids. There's nothing new in this movie at all. No. Yeah. If you're not going to see something you haven't seen before. Right. No, and, and, you know, that's to be expected with these films. I mean, I, I certainly am not going to say that every one of them is original, but there's something about this one that just, it doesn't sit well with me. And um, simply because I feel like it's, it's borrowed too much. Like, I feel like there's, I feel like there's not enough style. And, sex. 
well, no. I mean, there could be more sex in the film, but I feel like there's not enough mood. And again, you know, I guess the gothic scenes where they're walking around in the castle is pretty moody, but I feel like there's not enough color and style and, and, and just camera. or I don't know. Like, it just, it seems like the, the, the film is just too bright in general. Like, it's really, really brightly lit. Yeah. And... There's there's there is there's often not very many shadows and um, you know I know that we we as as people living in 2015 we get to see these films probably brighter than they were intended to be seen because of all of the cleaning up of the film negatives but um, you know I don't know it just there's there I can't put my finger on exactly why I don't like it or why it's not something that I would jump at watching again. You know, and it's it's perfect. I mean, as far as the Jalo score is concerned, it's it's got a, it's got a ninety-one. So, I mean, it's got everything in it that um, you know counts as a good Jalo. As well, not as a good Jalo, but as a typical Jalo. I mean, it, it's even got two of the things in its title. Uh, the Red Queen kills seven times. You got the color and um, a number. Double points. Know, yeah, number an a- oh no, it's an animal. I don't have that color one. Okay. Anyway, I thought I did. Um, so the only thing is there's something missing from uh, I can't. Oh, oh, because we're not in uh, in Italy, we lost three points because we're in <clears> Germany. <throat> well, um, the movie was like the exteriors of that thing. I guess we're shot I, in Germany, but right. everything else was shot in Rome. Sure, and you could tell from the house or that apartment that they used for uh, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. So, In fact, on the bonus features, they said that they just finished building the um, National Library of Rome, and it was just an empty building. They just finished building it, and they were able to go in there and shoot a bunch of stuff, and they built most of their sets inside that building is that where the queen oh. went running down that corridor with that long kind of i guess shot? So. yeah because like all of the like um <clears throat> all of the fashion model places that's where you could really see it like you know like that l-shaped room where there's the window and the little tiny rock and grass garden yeah out the window yeah. like all that fun stuff and that reminded me of cat and nine tails um the the um the institute where all the scientists worked that that yeah whatever that place was what was that place in in this movie the uh, the fashion place yeah oh, okay it was you know so it was like so cold and it was like you know you could tell that you know that makes sense you know when you're when you're saying that it was a brand new building that they had just built and it was empty still because that's kind of what it looked like you know it was pretty bare didn't feel lived in some yeah. of the in some of those scenes. Yeah, exactly. Man, when that chick's hanging on the fence by her jaw, mm. so hardcore. There's some pretty good, uh, gruesome stuff in here. Some some nice gore. Bright well, like, red I blood. jumped when that first guy got stabbed. When he came out of his car, you knew it was going to happen uh-huh. because you just saw the Red Queen run across the thing. Yeah. Right. But I thought it was going to, there would be a little more suspense and build up. But right. it was just like, I'm putting my knife in your neck. Yeah. And it was just like, bam. Well, and she did that. Um, 
in the scene where um, the girl is trapped in the back of the van and she just goes over to the yeah. door and opens the door and the girl has a <laughs> second look out the and the, oh here, here's my just like you know pound right in your in your chest and, i'm gonna hold this knife up and if you jump out of a van and fall on it it's your own damn fault <laughs> right <laughs> well she, she did give our uh, our creepy drug dealer guy a fitting end she kind of drugged that yeah. one out if you know what i mean oh oh boy that's good so why didn't he just take off his damn jacket if he didn't want to get pulled behind that car wasn't it just his jacket that was trapped in the car door if you had that coat would you take it off <laughs> i'm gonna die in this coat <laughs> i'll be damned if that bitch runs off with my jacket yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to pry my dead body out of it you know what if you look at that corridor i think it's the same corridor as at the police station hmm. that she runs down huh. tricky and that was another thing too there were a lot of white bugs in this car Volkswagens and I just assumed that they had one Volkswagen oh my god I just looked at it the glasses that Rosemary puts on the hexagons oh my god <laughs> I would rock those like a motherfucker if I had those dude <laughs> I was timing it it's time to see how long it took to get those on here Oh my god, those were a, th- a thing of beauty. But yeah, um, the Volkswagens, I just assumed that they had one Volkswagen, and they were just like putting different people in it and making people look at it and go, <gasps> because like they were never, you never see them together. It was like either this person's on this side of the street or that person's on that side of the street. But the green Porsche 911 that is at the... Um, scene of the girl in the back of the van that's parked in the grass uh-huh. yep. can also be seen in front of the um, house and the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Oh so I'm going to assume that that was the director or producer's vehicle. Lots <laughs> of German cars in this German film. <sighs> yeah. And I was wondering if that was like Hey, we're in Germany. Everyone needs to be driving a Volkswagen. Yeah. Get that dude a Cabriolet stat. <laughs> like, right. Well, there's a there's a J and B bottle in just about every frame of this movie. Dude, when they're at um, his apartment, every room has J and B sitting on a table. I was like, <laughs> yeah. fucking hell, dude. Yeah. Life must be grand for you, sir. I thought the film we just did uh, a couple hours ago that we released. Was was full of J and B, but yeah, this one kind of overtook it. Oh yeah, but but no film. It, I I think Strip Nude takes the cake though, because they have like, cake, like in the background, there's like boxes of cases of J and B, right? Ooh. Well, here's the thing, because like, because I saw Strip Nude before I've seen anything else, I always compare things to that. But that was like at the tail end of all of this madness, you yeah. know. So, like, Strip Nude probably pulled, I mean, not pulled, but, like, was influenced a great deal, probably, by this movie. Right. It's just shocking to me. But, I mean, obviously, Strip Nude's the better film, and we don't even need to debate that. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I, I definitely agree, simply because Strip Nude, um 
it doesn't like make any excuses for what it's trying to be and um, you know maybe the Red Queen is trying to do too many things um, I don't know again it's 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 really a borderline kind of a of with a, all of the shit starts happening do you start getting like is it almost like too much too many twists yeah like I think, I think it's this person then you think it's that person then it might be this person yeah it'd be, it'd be probably a good time to talk about the ending here if we're gonna talk about going a little overboard with the plot twists and uh, adding things in towards the end I mean you've got the reveal but that's not the end of the film <laughs> you've got this, right. this crazy I don't know rescue mission that happens as well and uh Ugh. but yeah the last like 20 30 minutes Some of the Indiana film Jones shit going on in the middle of <laughs> <Yeah. this thing. laughs> that's for sure man. yeah it's like i think the last 20 or 30 minutes of the film it, it goes through maybe four or five different people that could have been the killer um based on you know where the they see the red cloak and then they see the wig and then they see the mask and it could it was it francesca this whole time was it lulu and then you think it's that they're they're the accomplice and then they get murdered and uh it just it happens pretty quickly towards the end and so that's something i'll probably agree with you chris that it's a little bloated and herbert is the francesca's dude right yeah yeah, the guy, the guy that shoots way far away from where she is, but manages yeah. to hit her anyway. <laughs> um, the best bit, I don't, and like this is when you're like watching the movie and you're like going, okay, I think the movie is also confused about what the fuck's going on. <laughs> she gets a phone call to go meet somebody somewhere. As she's walking up the stairs, Herbert's already in the room, and there's the dead Lulu Palm on the ground or whatever. And he's like, he looks over his shoulder and he's like, oh shit, somebody's coming, I better hide. And the room's about as big as a closet, okay? So somehow, this guy managed to hide. She comes in, freaks out, then leaves. He comes back out the exact same way. Oh shit, someone else is coming. (laughs) But this time he wasn't fast enough to run up the stairs. But it was just like, the whole bit, like where he's in there and then he has to hide and then he comes back out and then has to hide again. It just it seemed like he was like fucking come on. Like, what's going on in this movie? Am I allowed to walk into this fucking room without motherfuckers coming out? <laughs> is this all I was cast for? My pretty face. Can't you see my shoe? It is difficult for me to walk back and forth, people. Yeah. Um, but the one reveal that was kinda cool that you didn't see coming was that Francesca was the one who actually killed Evelyn. Right. And the way she does it, like when she's sitting there, I mean, the the uh, voiceover, like I sat there and I realized this bitch was going to get my money and she's not even related to me. Like the look <laughs> on her face was just funny. But then when she starts going to town, smashing her head on the side of the bank or whatever, mm-hmm. that was badass. I was like, fucking hell. Like, yeah. Takes a stro- uh, yeah, takes that's some kind of woman to do that. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole... Uh, I didn't see the... I mean, I, I was trying real hard to to think outside the box as far as who I thought the killer was going to be, but I did not see the whole child that switched at birth thing coming. Yeah, that was almost too much. I, I, like, I mean, it makes sense now. Like, oh, yeah, that kid looks Asian. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that, that'll do fine for me. Um, but even like when they were in that creepy room and the corpse was in the closet, 
Like, that was a little hardcore. It's like, have you really just been keeping that body yeah. in that closet for all these years? And yeah, you guys are awful. You guys are okay? And <laughs> when the water starts coming and the rats start falling out of that hole, uh-huh. like, that was just like, I'm, like I don't want to say amazing, but I'm trying hard to find another word. <laughs> there were a lot of fucking... And yeah. there were probably a bunch of production assistants in the back and holding a bunch of rats in a tube, getting bit, freaking out. <laughs> oh, that was just awesome. You don't think those rats were trained? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> I think they went to the feed store yeah. and just picked it up. Okay. Then drawn but, ball. Oh, my God, dude. And that was just so fucking rad. She's like, oh, my God, there's rats everywhere. I should climb up on this wall. Wait, it's taken a really long time for this room to fill up with water. Maybe I should actually try to fucking get out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then, we, and then we see the the climactic scene. Martin gets shot by uh, the the killer Rosemary, who was the real sister uh, that was that found out her her uh, that she was owed some money. And then he gets shot. And then Bernard goes in to save uh, Kitty. And Bernard's the one that dies, whereas Martin survives the gunshot wound, whereas Bernard dies from this, I guess, torrent of water that, I guess, sweeps him off his feet. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know exactly how he got killed, but I thought well, that, was... that was the thing that I thought was kind of shit, too, was yeah. the fucking like, oh, we're just going to have a random voiceover that sounds like it might be on a radio explaining what just happened to you in case you're that fucking stupid that you didn't catch what just happened. <laughs> That I thought was a little silly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and let's not forget again our our hero. He he has nothing to do with finding Kitty or saving Kitty. He's just like he finds out the answer, and then what does he get shot or stabbed in the in the side of his uh, of his you know like right in his in his rib cage or something and then he's like I get it and he falls over well that's the thing too because like I feel like he went and stole the will just to see if he was going to get any money if he stuck around with Kitty <laughs> like I feel like he wasn't getting it because he wanted to try to figure something out or he had a hunch scummy enough I, to do that yeah yeah I just felt it was more like man like my life is kind of turning to shit dating this girl right now <laughs> let me see if this is going to be worth it so right were you just waiting for him in the ambulance to ask Kitty if he could put it in her butt? <laughs> what? You got all silent out. <laughs> I think I heard what he said, but did go I, ahead. Did I get Skyped again? out? Uh, yeah, you did. I, I was just asking if uh, you thought at that, that final scene when he's riding in the ambulance with Kitty, if he uh, if you were, you were expecting him to ask if he could put it in her butt. Oh, fuck you. Fucking strip me out. <laughs> that would have been so great. Does it... Like you're saying, I mean, there's there's some parallels to that film in this one. Yeah. <laughs> rape scene's on right now, and the music that plays during the rape scene sounds like party music. Like, I don't think they made the right choice yeah. with that. But you don't really see it, so they did that part well, I guess. But then her just sitting there crying... Yeah, just, like why would she even fucking talk to that guy again? Such a strange tonal shift that had no reason to be there. And I didn't really like uh, 
Boucher, Barbara Boucher's look in this film. Like, she, you know, she's clearly beautiful, but um, there are some other giallos that she's jolly that she's been in that she looks tons better in. Specifically, Don't Torture a Duckling, but also um, Amok. She's gorgeous in that one. And um, Black Belly. And Black Belly of the Tarantula, of course. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I maybe it's just her... her her shoulder length bob. Yeah. And I, I think it's the clothes she wears are more reserved. Yeah. Too. So just, to she looks good. like a schoolgirl, but old kind of thing. Now, Bob's She's trying to be the, uh, you know, the, um, the woman in power kind of thing. Yeah. Cause she's, she's trying to infiltrate into this male dominated, uh, industry of photography or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's the problem. She's well, the one I, I famously, uh, when we did the three women of Jello, I think I got her mixed up with with some other blonde girl, but now I can't think of her name. I do remember that. <laughs> yep. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. You're talking about where he's giving her the drugs or the money. Yeah, but he's like trying to. Like... And, no, no, no. I mean, for Chris, like when you're talking about like when Rosemary's hair is all straight and you don't recognize yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally know what part you're talking about. Like, yeah, it's so funny. But um, I was thinking maybe he tried to rape her, not to rape her, but to get that hideous fucking green robe thing off of her. Because it looked ridiculous. <laughs> I like that well, I thought you would like that robe. homemaker dress. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> like, there's a lot of weird fashion in this movie. I'm not gonna lie. Like. When she's getting the drugs off the guy right there, or she's wearing like a jacket with like orange, black, and blue big squares, and then her pants is the same color with little squares. <laughs> it's, know, it's like it's not something you want to be wearing if you're tripping out. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, but I know what you mean about her too. Like she's, she looks. She, I think she looks. It's like a more innocent look. And so it's hard to like go, wow, you are a super sexy, hot broad. And then they keep saying Kitty's a bad lay. Yeah. yeah, And all this other stuff. So they're not painting her up to be amazing. She's like frigid or something. Yeah. I agree. Yes, but overall, I, I think... Uh, when I come away from this film, I, I ended up liking I, I thought it had some good depth to it as far as their commitment to the story. I think the, the thing that plagues a lot of Jolly films is that they... And it, I guess I shouldn't say plagues because they're fun to watch just for the women and the, the murders and, and the intrigue. But when they can really commit to a story and not just make it the second fiddle to everything else, I think those are the ones I like a little bit more. I like that. Yeah. I like the characters when they're more memorable uh, you know, this uh, you could put this up against My Dear Killer as far as the cast, and uh, this one is just far more memorable than that one as far as who all yep. these people are and, and what Great. their motives are. So I, I give this one. Yeah, a um, I think too. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, you give this one a seal. Yes. Or or. No kiss, kiss from a, a rose. That oh. seal. Oh yes. Um, I think <clears throat> with this one, the story wasn't like far-fetched or weird. I just think they tried to get too smart with the twist parts. Yeah. And with um, 
this has a lot of that whole thing where it's like production value over purpose. Like, oh shit, let's put some slugs on the wall here. Now you go put your hand in them and get scared. Yeah. Done. Okay, awesome. Um, let's go to the... It's like, I felt like there was a lot of that shit. It wasn't as bad as look at these two Asian babies. But... Um, <laughs> No, no. That, was, that was the worst. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. That this, that that was a low point in Jalo cinema. <laughs> but this movie does get my um, seal of you should watch itness. Okay. But I think if you want to get like kind of the full effect of the period and what this director was doing, merging the two looks. And if you want to see more of Francesca's side and bottoms, um, you really need to watch um, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave with it. Because I think some of the sets are even the same. Like, even the, um, like, buildings they're at and stuff. Like, it's just, it's so similar. Mm. But if you want to talk about a shitty fucking protagonist that you really don't want to give two shits about five minutes into the movie. That's one of them. Yeah, most definitely. I guess. And so I'm, I'm not giving the seal of watchability or whatever, whatever aqua mammal we're going to refer to. Um, I've, uh, what did I give it on Jalo score? I think I gave it a for completists only. Um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a fun film to watch, but I'm still, I'm still like on the fence about it. I thought that when we, um, covered it, uh, for, for the show and I watched it again, that I might have a change of heart because I know that a lot of people like it. And maybe it was because I watched it in two X speed on the tiny screen that it didn't change my my view of uh of it but um i don't know i i guess it's a combination of the the on you know the the originality is not there i mean sure we see that with all of these jolly um they all kind of bite off each other but uh, you know there's there's something kind of artificial about the whole thing it feels like it was it's such a budget a, a budgetary uh concocted studio kind of film and you know there's certain things to be said for um the parts of the film that were filmed in the castle and uh on that location that make it a little bit more unique but um i don't know i i i I hear everything you guys are saying and i think it all is valid but i don't know that um i'm gonna jump right out and put that you know, and load that back up on my TV again anytime soon. So I think there's, I do want to see Evelyn though. Cause I never saw it. So yeah, you have to like, I really, Oh man, you have but to is, watch it. Does Evelyn is that, do they consider night Evelyn came out of the grave to be a Jalo? Yeah. It's in um, the Jalo books I have. Cause I mean, like from what I understand, it's, you know, there's that what the husband, kills his wife or something like in the beginning no like that's the thing about it it's one of these movies where 
like the way it's set up, it's almost like you're watching Suspiria. Someone's going to send me a pipe bomb now, but (laughs) it's like you're watching something like that. And then all of a sudden it's not that at all. Oh, it's, I don't know how else to say it without, um, wrecking stuff, but well, the film we did before this one was kind of like that where, you know, you're following this uh, with death walks at midnight where you're constantly going after this one guy with the weird glasses. And you think that, this is, you know, this is the person we're after. And then at the last minute, everything kind of changes. And those, those two weird guys come in, the one guy who laughs, and then you, know, yeah. you get the you get the twist at no, the end. like, these, they're very similar. Like, there's obviously in this movie a lot of mustaches and a lot of ascots, which is cool, you know? Um, there's a lot of cravat action in the other movie, too. But, um... It's so like, and oh, in the other movie, it's like someone find me a velour and a velvet suit. Now we're going to put it on this guy. Oh, he walked into <laughs> another room. Get us another fucking crushed velvet suit stat. Like yeah, right. there's all sorts of like awesome <laughs> clothes in the next or in the other one. The one this that's before. Yeah. But um, just like. I like this movie better, I think. But I think Evelyn is a more unique film. And it's it, it definitely is a more unique film. Like, this one feels very cookie-cutter as far as, right. like, things that happen in it. Evelyn is so much like this, but there's so many little nuances that are distinct. Like, he has as all these maids and they all have like blonde afros every single one of them you know right. like that's cool as shit like there's all sorts of like really cool little bits in it and it's a ton of familiar faces and it's just like I mean the music for this movie is better I love the score for this movie I know Eric was saying it was a little repetitive which it is but yeah they, ch- they change it up enough. no I like it it's just the same melody over and over but I, I could get behind it when I was actually watching the film. Listening to it at work on Spotify was a little different. <laughs> but I think I think Chris just needs to go see this film on the big screen in New York City to really appreciate it. Yeah. I, listen, I'll, I'll be the first one there, man. <laughs> unless, the, unless the subway is running late, then I won't be the first nope. one there. But whatever. This will be, be there. On, this will be on the last night, the last film. I just love that fucking apartment. I just hate the wallpaper, though. Oh, yeah. I love the wallpaper. The wallpaper's good, but it looks like bathroom wallpaper. It does. And it looks like like your whole house is like, looks like a fucking bathroom now, but those doors are amazing. I'm okay. And now, this is probably just me, but like when you were watching um, Strange Vice, um, and she in the apartment, um, it felt like that apartment was on at least the second or third or fourth floor. And in this movie, even though we we see some scenes where they, uh, where where the, you know, the Mike Brady guy looks out the window and he's obviously up higher than ground floor, it feels like for some reason, just to me, I don't know if anybody else notices that, that the apartment is on the low level, and I I'm I'm wondering if it's because of the door and I'm thinking like the colors on the 
the glass of the door make me think that it's daylight i i don't know i, I don't think know it's that shot where he looks out the window and the fence is really close to the window like the top of that fence yeah so it just looks different or he's short and so it makes it look i don't know how that would make it look but i just thought like this movie just didn't have enough edwidge in it right and she looked good in that apartment he looks like a douchebag in that apartment like he looks like a yuppie douchebag that like (laughs) is straight out of fight club or something like the guy that everyone goes after for just getting all a bunch of shit that he thinks might be cool because he saw it in a magazine. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, point. That the apartment looks better because Edwidge is in it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, you're totally right about Especially that. Especially the bathroom when she's turning on the water. Ringer. And then and then I guess there's a couple of scenes in Strange Vice where she's taking the elevator up to her pad. So maybe that's why I thought it was on a higher floor. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. Well, do you guys want I, some I feel trivia? like now we're just perving out. I do. Yeah, let's let's put the fur party for a second. <laughs> Did you say fur? Perv, but oh, perv. got it, got it. The, the fur party never ends. The uh, <laughs> I don't have too much. I actually have one thing. I don't. Oh, you guys geez. watch. You guys watch the special features. Maybe you have something. I, I might have a thing. <laughs> the only thing I have because we actually talked about a couple of the other things along the plot um one we didn't talk about is that even though it was they did have uh, locations filmed in bavaria germany they actually never released the film theatrically there uh it didn't get released in germany until the 80s where it was on video as horror house or the red lady this this movie has a lot of names yeah it's one of those ones do you have a list of the names because I did not do that this week. I don't have a full list. I have a uh, partial list. Uh, I have the IMDB list, but I know there's another one out there that... Actually, I think Troy's book has a bunch more. So I'll, while I pull that up, I'll just read the ones I already got. Uh, one was actually Blood... This is Evelyn! <laughs> <laughs> one is actually Blood Feast. Not, of course, Herschel Gordon Lewis's famous one. Uh, and then there's also Feast of Flesh. And The Corpse which didn't want to die. <laughs> That's witch? Really, really witch, though? Instead of that didn't want to die? Right, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to bring up bring grammar into this, but I also noticed that as well. As long as I didn't say who, because a corpse is not a person anymore. True. Damn. And then you've got, in. I guess I only have two more from So Deadly, So Perverse. They have Cry of a Prostitute, and Love Kills, which sounds like a bad oh, Def Leppard song. Title. Yeah. <laughs> Where was it released as that? Love, it, it doesn't have countries of origin, unfortunately, um, that I can see here. Maybe I need to go back and learn how to read, but it looks like, yeah, it doesn't have any kind of countries. It just lists them out. Um, but yeah, I would kind of be interested to see where Cry of a Prostitute came from, because I don't don't recall any prostitutes in this film except for the the beginning i guess when the that was so cool (laughs) they were like actually walking in the street like blocking cars like getting like the headlight show that was awesome um 
two other things that um, I wanted to mention that I thought were really neat. Like, did you guys notice how whenever there was like a wide shot of like a city street or wherever they were at, there was always at least like one person walking by in like a red cape, like mm-hmm. like a red tunic or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I didn't catch that. That's, cool. so that, yeah. that's just like a neat little thing, and I don't know if that was like they meant to do that or if big red coats like that were all the rage but um that was really neat and um did you guys like the superimposed like dream scene where it had her like evelyn hovering above kitty like she was gonna stab her and then stabs her in the hand it was a little corny i think it is kind of corny, but I do like it, yeah, and they do a lot of that in Evelyn as well. Okay. It's just, like, it's so neat, like, seeing, like, the little trademarks uh-huh. that in right. films. Like, I thought that the, the running down the corridor directly preceding that was a little corny at first, but then it kind of, it still got to me. I don't know, I, I thought it was a little creepy. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool seen that visual in that I thought that was good. If you guys want to know when she goes into the room and finds Lulu's body and she's wearing the red outfit um, Kitty is the red top even though it matches the red skirt with buttons it's a faded red compared to the skirt that bothered me. Yuck. Yeah that's that's a no no. She almost looked like she worked on the USS Enterprise <laughs> On Star Trek, is it the red shirts that, or is it the yellow the yellow shirts? They don't survive. No, the red shirts. It's the red shirts, okay. Unless you're Ahura, okay, and Scotty, then you could live in a red shirt. Cool. Glad I got that but, straightened out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to put some knowledge to use. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. That was another the chapter. Yeah. There we go. So, what's the wiener for next time? I think it's opera. Yeah, it is. I'm glad you asked. It's it's still leading by quite a bit, opera. So, I think we have to do it. So we're that, that, that's awesome, dude. Argento. Dario, Argento. yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten on Argento in a while. No. And opera. Is this the is this the first one we've done since I mean we ha- we did the the three animal ones but did we do any other ones I don't think so. no we haven't okay and um I mean we did New York Ripper this is a bit later in the eighties oh man when he fucking flips the clothes he's such a douchebag okay sorry um, <laughs> yeah the cop when he's yelling at the Hewitt guy or Howitt or whatever his name is anyway. Um, but no, this is uh, opera is going to be a, a strange conversation because yep. it it's right at the cliff where he decided to, to jump. <laughs> not not the right cliff to jump off of. Yeah, but I liked trauma. I thought trauma was pretty trauma good. Trauma was so. okay. Yeah, it, it'll yeah. be, it'll be a, probably a, a, a nice long long one so uh we won't do it right after this one we won't do a double shot again yeah there's no way 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Emily doesn't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, I mean, at this point, guys, it's, you know, it's going on, oh, geez, like 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. for me. I mean, we haven't even explained it. Like, this show that you're listening to was recorded in the past, but we are talking to you in the future. This is some heavy-duty shit. I never get here. my head around that. Yeah, it's just too crazy. The Red Queen, the Red Queen struck, struck today. Right. Did, did she kill seven times in this movie? Are I we, think so. Are we counting the heart attack from the grandpa as an yes, actual? Yes, because they did like a flashback, mm-hmm. and the flashback was like a almost like a, a, a recap of all the murders, and um, they showed the the grandfather's heart attack as one of them. So that's pretty weak. They were count- yeah, it is, but you know. Well, yeah, we had to do we the do. podcast tonight because we didn't know if one of us was going to die, since it has been a hundred years now. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that one of us is the Red Queen. We just got to figure out which, which one of us is not dead. Right. I'm so confused now. <laughs> <clears throat> so I guess uh, we'll play the trailer for Opera, yeah. unless there's something else you guys want to. No, no, okay. No, I'll go to bed. All right. no. um, okay, well then, until then, we will say ciao ciao, everybody. Ciao ciao. Right. Ciao ciao, everybody. Yay. <laughs>